0: Welcome back to Ascended Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 1. It reads, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who were elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on Him as Father who judges impartially, according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile And this word is the good news that was preached to you. As we jump in here to 1 Peter, we begin a two-part look at what Peter has to say for us as individuals who are seeking to understand God's word in a greater sense. And so 1 Peter here, we have written about 30 years after Jesus has ascended into heaven, and Peter is addressing some of the situations that these individuals who have been dispersed throughout the known world are experiencing. And so we see that from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He gives us some specific locations that these individuals are at. But what I would love for us to focus on, we see down really starting in about verse 13 and 14. And it's this call to be holy. And it centers on this thought that verse 15 and 16 show us. But as he who called you is holy, you shall also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And so we need to go back and look at where that statement comes from. And when we walk through that, we go back into the book of Leviticus. And so this is probably a book that a lot of us would skip over as we're reading, because the common thought is that this book only has to do with the priests. It's only important for the priests who are dealing with the Old Testament ways. And since we are no longer dealing with the Old Testament, Testament covenants and the different things that were done then, it's not really applicable to us. But that takes out a lot of the richness of Scripture and a lot of the importance that the book of Leviticus is in our Scriptures for, in terms of helping us to understand how it is impossible for us to, by ourselves, maintain a relationship with God and to be in right standing with Him because of His holiness. And so when we look at this verse, when we look at this thought of, you shall be holy for I am holy, I think the one spot that most people jump back to first is Leviticus 19.2. And so so in the context of a thought of idolatry, we see there the call for us to be holy, just as God is holy. Then in the next chapter, we see this call for us to be holy in this concept of the intense example of human sacrifices and the immorality that is taking place in that And so we would probably say, yeah, you know what? I'm probably okay because I'm not dealing with idolatry and I'm not dealing with human sacrifices. But when we look through the rest of Leviticus, we also can find in chapter 11, verses 44 and following, the call for us to be holy in this concept of our own uncleanness. And so ritual purity, or this thought that we were made clean and progressively dirty by the things that we do or the things that we come into contact with, was an important part of the Old Testament belief for individuals to be able to walk into the presence of God. And while we look at that now, we see that a lot of the things that we would say would make somebody unclean would now be something that would make us just dirty and we would need to just wash ourselves. But it was symbolic of the unclean nature of these individuals and the hearts and the minds and the attitudes that they brought before the Lord. And so in order for them to physically put themselves into a position where they could come before God, they needed to prepare themselves by walking through a process, by doing something to purify themselves so that they could enter the presence of the one who is pure. And so as we walk through that thought, Everything that's in that chapter about the uncleanness are things that we would naturally come into contact with and naturally be a part of our lives that would show us that we need something to make us right before God. And so the reminder here that Peter is giving is that we need to prepare ourselves for being in the presence of God and being holy. He gives us not a type of purification that we do with that, but this thought of preparing our minds for action being sober-minded, and looking fully to God, as the one who is going to be the source for our ability to stay and be holy. He understands that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is what grants us right standing with God. And in order for us to walk forward in that truth, we have to consistently transform our minds. We have to consistently prepare to combat a world that is far different from the teachings that God is wanting us to follow. And so we're to conform to this new way of life rather than the old way of the ignorance of our flesh and the way in which we desired to live before christ but that means that we have to just as the individuals in the old testament walk through the process of preparing themselves for coming before the lord we need that type of a mindset of preparing ourselves daily for the combat that we will face from the world systems. And so I think that that is a fitting encouragement for us this morning, as we think about the way in which we are preparing ourselves for the day ahead, the way in which we prepare ourselves for whatever God has in store. Are we renewing our minds? Are we transforming our minds for action? Are we being sober-minded, or are we being self-controlled? Are we setting our hope in God? Are we understanding that whatever it is that we face today is a light and momentary affliction compared to the. The opportunity that we have to receive the eternal blessings and glories of God. And so I think that that's something that we should be focusing on as we jump into 1 Peter. He's going to be dealing with these people who are suffering many things, and he's going to be offering hope, and he's going to be giving them perspective about the suffering that they have and the relationship that that has to the glories of God. And so may we anchor our faith in that today as we begin our walk through First and Second Peter. As we jump in here to think about a specific question from this passage, one of the things that I'd like to focus on is in verse 17. There it says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. What is this exile that they're talking about? When we think about exile in the scriptures, we certainly understand the exile of God's people from the land and from the promised land specifically due to their inability to follow and adhere to what God has called them to do. And so is that what's taking place for these individuals? When we look back at the context of this book, we see that these individuals have been the elect exiles, their verse 1, of the dispersion in, and he lists these specific places. So is this talking about the time that they are dispersed away from the promised land into that, and they're just called to do this in that time? Or is it more specifically talking about their time on earth. I believe that it is focused on the latter, the fact that it is referring to them doing this as a part of their time on earth. There's a couple of big reasons that I believe that. First and foremost, what the call is here is for them to be conducting themselves with fear in the time of the exile. That is not something that would just be for the time in which they are away from the promised land. But they're supposed to be living in reverent fear to God at all times, especially because of the context of what we're looking at here, the holiness of God and their own unholiness that has to be accounted for. So the fact that this situation does not change once they return to the promised land helps us understand that the exile is not really so much talking about the situation that they are currently in, so much as their situation that they're in because they are a human. If we look at the next verse, it says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of the lamb without blemish or spot. That's focused on the sacrificial nature of Jesus' death on the cross for all mankind. And when we look at that, that is what allows us to live in awe and reverence of God all of our lives while we're here on earth. And so I think that is a much better reading or a much better understanding of what is happening in this verse. It's not talking about the Old Testament exile. It's not talking about the time that these people are away from the promised land or from God's people in the specific locations that they were, but it's talking about our need for conducting ourselves reverently while we are on earth. In fact, some scriptures and some versions of the scriptures actually interpret these words that way and define them as, as your stay on earth. And so you might have a Bible that translates it that way instead of using this specific word that we see here in our English version as exile, which the Greek words give us a clue to that as verse 1 and verse 17 have different words for the exile. And so as always, as we're studying God's word, we're looking to see with better clarity how we can understand what God is trying to communicate to us. And so as we seek to do that today, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be present in your mind, helping to guide you to the resources and the conversations that will help you to fully understand what God is trying to reveal to you today. Know today you are loved.